2: in Clear Lake, as well as Humboldt, Iowa. I am so grateful and thankful to be here with you. And I'm so thankful to have all of you as listeners, the comments and the questions, the constructive criticism, and even the little quips and little joking and the things that all of you provide me from week to week. It's really gratifying. And if you ever choose to reach out to us, two nine zero three eight three seven. Go to my website Johnson WIM, which stands for Wealth Income Management, and you'll find that there's a little link there to communicate to us, to send us a question, to send us a comment. You can also go to our radio podcast channel, which is just CapitalizedLife.com. You'll be able to get all of the past episodes of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. And I just Really appreciate you doing that and giving us a bit of feedback as to what you think and what you don't think. Today, I wanted to kind of set the expectation that we're going to be discussing a lot of different things, a lot of variables. And I'm entitling today's show, Expect the Best, but Plan for the Worst. I don't know who really quoted that or came up with it, but I think that it's very wise. And, you know, it's not saying that we're very pessimistic. We actually expect the best. We want to expect the very best out of our life and out of the country that we live in, our family, our children, our employers, all of those things. We expect the very best out of them. But at the same time, we know that things don't always go the direction that we think that they're going to go. We don't always see things you know, happen the way that we want them to happen. And I think that there's always a bit of wisdom in making certain that you have plans in place and things that are going to be able to safeguard you and protect you from all the different variables. And of course, none of us can plan for all of the uncertainties of life. We can't simply do that. We're only human beings and just mortals. But I think that there's so many things that we want to discuss that are potentially beneficial, that are coming down the pike, and we want to be able to recognize those things. And we also want to be able to look at the flip side of the coin. Is there things that we should be doing with ourselves, with our money, as it pertains to how we invest for retirement and even into retirement that would potentially help us in making certain that we're making wise decisions. And if something does happen that is negative or that's counterproductive to what we want to see happen, that we're protected from those things. So let's go ahead and let's get started with the biggest elephant in the room, which is President-elect Biden officially going to be our president for the next four years. We're not going to get into too much of the politics, but it's been an exciting ride, hasn't it? It's been an emotional roller coaster up and down. We have seen all sorts of things that looked to be very optimistic and very good. And then, of course, we've seen how human beings can behave at their absolute worst, it seems. And it's been quite the process in our country. We've been going through so many different things. And of course, 2020 again, it was very tumultuous, but it sounds as though it would appear as though 2021 has the potential <laughs> of course of being also a little bit of a wild ride. Well, with that being said, it's very interesting because after everything was pretty much resolved or it appears as though it was resolved, it was very clear that outside of you know any conspiracy theories that President-elect Joe Biden, immediately he came out and said that he has some major, major plans that he wants to be delivering to this country, and he wants to be able to create some spending that he said, quote, is going to be costing trillions of dollars. Well, now there's two sides of that coin, isn't there? The first side of the coin is, oh my goodness, here we go again, just because we have a checkbook and we have checks must mean that we have money in the bank, right? On the flip side of the coin, we also know that given the absolute breadth of damage that coronavirus has caused within this country, there is still a number of individuals who are adversely affected, who are continuing to be adversely affected by COVID-19 and the side effects of it. Not necessarily from a physical side, but from a monetary side, from a money side. I have dealt with and spoken to literally dozens and dozens and dozens of you, many of which have lost their jobs and they were you know, middle-aged. They were in their, say, 50s and 60s, and they were not yet quite ready to retire. And now they're having difficulty, after COVID, quote-unquote, finding a job. Because they really didn't want to retire at the age of 62. They were hoping to work for another three, four, five years before they fully retired. And even though they might have the skill set, even though they might have the experience, they are not technically getting those jobs. And we just saw just recently that unemployment is up as COVID-19 is starting to resurge. So we've got greater debt in this country. Uh, because there has been a lot of people that didn't have the income, so they really didn't have a choice. They either went ahead and got a home equity loan, or maybe they refinanced their home, or maybe they started using credit card debt as a way of being able to pay for things. And they were very hopeful and optimistic that they were going to get a job. But that hasn't happened for all the Americans that have lost their jobs. So one of the things that President-elect Biden is suggesting is that he wants to be able to Take even minimum wage jobs and increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour. He's basically saying that, you know what? If you can't find the technical type of job that you had beforehand and all you can get into is a, say, just a minimum wage job, I want you to be able to still have at least a respectable amount of income that's going to be able to help pay more of the bills that you had on a monthly basis than what you had before if you would have taken. A minimum wage job. Now, there's some states that have been very proactive on this, some states that have taken and they have already raised the minimum wage. There's many corporations in America that have already taken and increased the amount of minimum wages because of everything that's been going on. They just felt that it was the right thing to do this. So they were very proactive instead of reactive. But then we come to the stimulus programs. And we know that recently, we just had a round of stimulus that was distributed from the U.S. government that was allowing not each and every person, but a majority of people to be able to get $600 distributed to them. Well, President-elect Joe Biden wants to increase that and magnify that distribution by a tremendous amount. Just recently, I was interviewed on the Newsback's uh, television show, The Income Generation with David Scranton. We talked about, you know, there's a tremendous number of uncertainties. But we also know that when people get hard-earned cash in their pocket, that brings a sense of certainty. That brings a sense of, I guess, a little bit of optimism because now they've got a little extra money coming in from literally nowhere. They didn't have to earn it. They could not have a job and they'd be able to have the money to be able to at least put food on the table, maybe keep the lights on, and if they have a little extra, be able to pay down a bill or two. And so where we had received $600, President-elect Joe Biden wants that to be increased to $2,000 per person. Now, who knows whether or not he's actually going to be able to get this big amount of spending passed or not? We do not know. But the reality is, is that, you know, we do have Democratic control of the House. And so there could be some potential for him to be able to push through some higher, larger spending bills. Now, is it going to be a bit of an uphill battle? It potentially could be. It always is, and for good reason. One of the things that our country has really struggled with since the Reagan years is living within its budget, and even before Reagan. You know, we've always been growing as far as the amount of spending. Right now, it is pretty uh, pretty shameful, in my personal opinion, that when we look at our deficit, when we look at the amount of national debt that we have in this country, that we're approaching $30 trillion. Who would have ever guessed if you've been around 50, 60, 70 years that you would have ever seen the country that you live in experiencing debt of close to $30 trillion? Most of us cannot even conceptualize $30 trillion, but it is absolutely astounding what this government is doing in order to be able to keep the stock market propped up, in order to keep the people employed in order to be able to keep food on the table and the lights on and infrastructure continuing to be built. Now, there is going to be some conservative Republicans. There's going to be some conservative Democrats that are going to be resisting the larger spending bills. They're going to be fighting against it because they know what it's going to do to the debt load that this country has. But the reality is, is that there is, I would say, plausible reasoning to what President-elect is trying to do in getting these larger dollars passed out to the economy in order to be able to keep cash flow. Now, with that being said, we can see that there's been optimism that's growing. When we look at the government bonds, the benchmark of the government bond is really the 10-year treasury. That's what most of us look at. We can look at the 30-day treasury, we can look at the 20 and we can look at the 30-year note, but the 10-year treasury is really what we watch. And the 10-year treasury has been ever so slowly creeping its way up in yield. Now, what that indicates to me is that if the yield is going up, that means the amount of money that people are willing to spend for that 10-year government bond is going down. That basically means that there is maybe a greater sense of certainty that people are feeling, investors. And so they're saying, you know what? I don't need to buy. As many government bonds, I'm not as reliant on government bonds for the safety, and as a result, if there's less people interested in buying the government bond, then what happens is the actual price of the government bond will fall, and that means that the interest or the yield of the government bond is going to go up. So that's a little bit of a tattletale sign. It's kind of like when you're a diabetic, you have an A1C test, I believe it's what it's called. And they call it the tattletale test because they can test and find out whether or not you've been sneaking cookies out of the cookie jar, even though you're telling your doctor that you're doing pretty well. We can look at the 10-year treasury and we can tell whether or not there is tremendous uncertainty and people are just gobbling up the 10-year government bond regardless of the price. And so the yield goes down or if it's going up, that's a sense of optimism. Now, we have a lot of things that we're going to be discussing that could be negative consequences in the second half of our program. So I really encourage you to stick with us because I'm going to be talking about the plans for the worst and what you could be doing to implement some safety measures for yourself in the days to come. So if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's
1: 866-290-3837. Sit tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store
0: it's a new year 2020 is finally behind us and with 2021 comes a new set of challenges with continuing healthcare challenges a new administration and an economy that many fear is still very shaky so what does this mean for you and your retirement planning To keep you up to date and informed, we've put together a series of webinar events because your need for retirement income continues into 2021
1: and beyond. For the date and time of our next webinar event, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com.
0: After a certain age, you shouldn't be overexposed to stock market risk. Yet, you might still be trying to squeeze every last drop out of today's market. And although fixed income investment can offer less risk than stocks, it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice return. In fact, recently some fixed income investments have actually outperformed stocks, but yet you're still waiting to act. To learn more about the Retirement Income Store, call your local Retirement Income Specialist, Matthew Johnson of Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's
1: 866-290-3837. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store.
2: And welcome back to this second half of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. So glad to have you. And if you're just joining us this morning, we were talking about Kind of this flip side of the coin of the argument of expect the best, but plan for the worst. There is a lot of things that we can look around and we can be very grateful for. We can have a very strong sense of gratitude. We see that COVID is certainly diminishing. We have the optimistic idea that now we're going to be having some sort of a immunization that will be able to be used with those that are on the front line, the elderly, so on and so forth. We also know that there's going to be you know, some changes that are taking place politically in our country. Obviously, President-elect Joe Biden, now the actual president that this country is going to have. But with a new president comes new ideology, comes new plans. And we talked in the first half of our program that there's going to be some pretty audacious spending bills that are going to be potentially implemented with President-elect Joe Biden. He wants to create some plans that he says are going to be costing Americans trillions of dollars. And he doesn't necessarily saying that it's going to cost Americans trillions of dollars. But come on, let's be matter of fact. If the government is spending it, the government's going to have to get it from somewhere. So that's the first thing that we're going to be discussing in the second half of our program, which is the spending. Now, for all of you, I want to kind of tie this back into yourself. You know, you have spending. That you do every single day and when you retire, you're going to be spending as well. But the difference may be very much this, that many of you, certainly not all, I know better than that, but many of you have taken the time and the diligence to be able to identify how much money is coming in to your household when you're retired and you're looking at the outflow, you're doing a budget, you know exactly how much is coming in, you know how much exactly is going out, you know where it's going and guess what? You know that you cannot spend more than you have coming in, because if you do, you go broke. Well, with this country, we understand that we can print money, right? We understand that the government can raise taxes, and that's how they justify the additional spending, whether it's increasing the minimum wage, whether it's taking and increasing the deficit that we're in, the amount of debt that we're in by saying we're going to distribute $2,000 to every single person instead of 600 We're going to be focusing a tremendous amount of money on infrastructure and being able to prop up the stock market and prop up the banking industry and prop up the corporations. There is an unreal amount of money, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars that have been spent so far. And now we are going to be right there floating around the $30 trillion mark. And one of the things that we have to be prepared for is that those dollars may continue to be spent. Over the course of the next four years, we have seen a lot of damage, a lot of economic damage from COVID-19. It has caused just a tremendous number of individuals that had small businesses to go under. They didn't have the infrastructure. They didn't have the savings. And so the reality is those people are displaced. They're not working. So now they're having to either try to pick themselves up by the bootstraps and recover and try to be flexible and pivot with how the world has changed since they started their business and lost it, or they're having to go back out into the workforce and try to find new jobs. And that's been very difficult for many of you. And so his idea is he wants to continue to throw money at the problem. Well, the problem with that is that if you continue to increase the spending, you're increasing the debt load. And what that's going to bring us to is the first point, which is taxation. I have discussed this a lot. We have to understand that I would rather kind of expect the best but plan for the worst by saying down the road, what is more likely to have taxes that are the same, taxes that are less or taxes that are higher? Well, we've been enjoying, say, taxes at the lowest rate in 30 years for quite some time. And I have a sneaky suspicion that in the future, taxes are not going to continue to remain as low as they are today. So the question becomes, what are you doing to be able to help yourself in the future with taxes. If you have taken and all your life, you have been pumping money into pre-tax retirement accounts, not saying that that is a bad thing, but I am saying that it is time for you to start to consider the Roth IRA. It's time for you to consider pumping money into something that's going to be able to allow you some tax free income. It's going to be tremendously important to you. Number two, If we think the taxes are going to be going up into the future, have you looked into Roth conversions, taking money from the left pocket, putting it into the right pocket? We know, and we don't have time for it today. We know that there's some rules that are going to be surrounding Roth conversions, but have you taken the time to be able to research it, to understand the mechanics of it and what the benefit of it could be? If you can start paying taxes on these pre-tax dollars at a lower rate today In the hopes that, say, four years from now, when taxes go up, if not sooner, you can have more of your pre-tax money that's been converted into tax-free dollars. Now you're going to have less tax. You're going to have less required minimum distributions when you hit 72. And if you are ideally invested, if you've invested your money in what I consider to be the right plan and the right type of strategy, where you're focusing on growing your money the old-fashioned way through interest and dividends so that down the road when you retire, you have tax-free income through interest and dividends. Isn't that going to be a tremendous benefit to you when taxes go up and you don't have to necessarily have all of the side effects of living in a world with higher taxes? So if some part of today's discussion really resonated with you and you have questions about today's discussion, you have questions that you want to have answered with regards to something that we discussed, I'm going to encourage you, do the right thing and reach out to me at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step, reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Now, number two, we don't know what interest rates are going to do. I know the president-elect wants to bring Janet Yellen back into the Federal Reserve. I have a feeling that it's going to happen. We've already seen her. We've already been under her watch, and we know that she is very conducive to low interest rates. She's a very moderate type of personality, very pragmatic, and chances are I'm not going to necessarily say that she's totally against negative interest rates. I'm certain that she's got the gumption and the fortitude to lower interest rates into a negative territory. If she does not feel that we're hitting all of the goals of the dot plop, as they call it. And, you know, they're going to be watching the economics of our country very closely. But with that being said, I have a feeling that she's also not going to be very eager to raise interest rates. She's going to keep them low and that's going to create some sort of a problem. For those of you that are very ultra-conservative that have basically a majority of your money for retirement set aside in things that are interest-bearing. In other words, government bonds and I-bonds and E-bonds and CDs and things of that nature. And that's really going to work against you when you have required minimum distributions. Because if RMDs, let's say, start out at 72 at 4% and you're in a CD with your IRA money and it's making, we'll just be optimistic here and say 1%, 1.5%. You're immediately going backwards. So what are you doing to start to pivot your money and how you have your money invested, knowing that in the long run, chances are we're not going to see a drastic increase in interest rates. You're going to be losing to inflation with all of this spending. It's going to happen. The more money you have chasing fewer goods, the bigger the expense for that good and service will be. So as a result, it pays for us to be attentive to where our money is, and if we can look at things that are going to, yes, they may have a slightly higher risk than that of CDs or fixed interest annuities or things of that nature, but they're going to be focused on producing for us, I don't know, two, three, maybe even four or five times the amount of interest, and that is totally doable within the fixed income world, bonds and bond-like instruments, is that not going to be able to propel the Ability of your money to make money for you the old fashioned way? And is it not going to allow you to be able to preserve and protect your money? If your principal that you've saved for retirement is earning a reasonable amount of interest and dividends, that's going to stimulate and create income for you to spend without having to touch your principal. And I know that it sounds simple, I know that it sounds basic, but ladies and gentlemen, the things that are most successful for most investors are not complex they are very simple this is the reason why it pays to diversify not in 10 or 12 different mutual funds but rather maybe implementing into your toolbox things that are going to allow your principal to make anywhere between say four to five to six maybe even seven percent on your money these are wonderful things now if we look at corporations We have to also look at the fact that there is some long-term side effects from COVID. There's a lot of corporations today that are still kind of in the recovery phase of their own economic and financial health. And as a result of this, we can be optimistic that they are going to recover. We know that the government is probably not as involved in economic stimulus through government stimulus to corporations like it was in 2008 and eight and nine, But. They're going to be helping the economy of these corporations by keeping interest rates low. And I believe that that's going to most definitely help them. But it's also going to have another side effect that I wish to really remind you about. And that is this corporations, CEOs of corporations are going to be looking at the low interest rate environment that they're in. And I have a feeling that they're going to be no different than you and I with a mortgage If we have a mortgage and we're, say, paying 5% on that mortgage, but interest rates have fallen to, say, 25 what are we going to be doing? What's the first order of the day on Monday when the banks open? We're going to be going to the bank and hopefully refinancing. Well, corporations are going to be doing the exact same thing. So the point to this is this. If this idea of causing your principal to be slightly more conservative and less risky As you get closer and closer to retirement, fixed income fits the bill. If having your investments cost you less in terms of fees and commissions and just overall cost, if that makes sense, fixed income fits the bill. If the idea of you getting your principal into a position where it's making a steady stream of interest and dividends at a very reasonable rate of interest, then guess what? Fixed income fits the bill. But that means that you have to be proactive. That means that you want to start investing as quickly as possible. Because I see a trend within the fixed income world, which is that yields are going down. That means that corporations are going to be taking and trying to potentially call those bonds. They're going to be basically taking them off the market and then settling with a bondholder. So time is of the essence. Better to be proactive than reactive. There was an old quip that my Grandmother used to say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure." Well, don't sit on the sidelines thinking about this. I really encourage you, start to do your investigation. Give me a call, reach out, and start to create some dialogue to learn about how fixed income investing can help you so that you can have the retirement of your dreams. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, Please go to our website, www.johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, W-I-M stands for wealthincomemanagement.com and post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store. And remember, it's up to you to make today. A great day. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Blessings. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.